Shabbos. Uh, it's interesting. We know that the Rebbeinishim is not mitzvah in the union of the Mishkan until we came down to Luchas Shnias after the Ego. And from here, it seems to me, Mashman, that right after Matan Tele, he was mitzvah on it. So I think that what it's trying to show you is that the Emerson, the Rebbeinishim always wanted a Mishkan. Whether there be a Mishkan in the Midbar, I don't know if he would have wanted. Now, if he wanted to be some Migdosh in And therefore, the Midbar, they had that many COVID, they have all the other things there. It's not necessary for a Mishkan. And that, and that they, since it turned out that they fight with the Egel, so then he already made the Mishkan in the Midbar too. And that's what I think with Mitzavon. So that so right now he's telling you what he would have wanted anyway. And what really happens in some Pasha's Kisisa. Anyway, Ubanshim says to the Yisrael, I want you to take my trume from anybody that, that wants to donate. Right? And that was he called them the Div Lave. Now let's you know how much money are we talking about here? So if we go back to Pashikikude, you see that there's uh, the amount of money that they had to give, that they gave. Um because it's it's important to understand the uh, the amounts that weren't uh, a tremendous amounts. Uh, It. He said, was 29 kikrim, figure 30. 30 kikrim, a regular kikrim is 3,000 shek, shkolim, a kikrim, a kikrim, a double is 6,000. So you have 6,000 times uh, whatever is by, uh, by you then take the silver. The silver, you really don't find anything except the abdomen. So really, uh, that's the chutzi, the shekel, those. The rest of the cup or whatever it is, they but the most money was the, the thing. There were 600,000 Jews. That was old. I'm not talking about the older ones who already gave also. The younger ones who gave and the women that gave and all these things. But anyway, we come out to maybe 25 stolen of silver that each that each individual average guy gave the Kraisa to the, to the Mishkan. And he's called an Adiv Lev. And yet the uh the Nisim, who this is a Kaisha we maybe will revert before getting into today. The same who gave millions of dollars, millions of, of shkolim, because they gave all the, the avonim and all the things, and they are not considered in the deflate. Why? So obviously, it's not up to the amount of money you give. What it is, is how you give it. Now, in the... In the, 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 the uh, Nassim did something that I think every executive director of any institution would hold is that would everyone would do it. Give me a blank check 
and then uh, I'll fill it out, whatever I'm missing. Fantastic, right? They're knowing to miss a deal like that. And yet they're not in a deep wave. The guy who came and brought uh, what he thought would be his, his portion for that day and came back again the next day to give again, that guy's in a deep wave. Because that guy is constantly involved. And what the Nassim should have done is they should have given an initial uh, check uh, for the, the initial start and then give them a blank check for the, for the more. What would they have accomplished with it is that they showed an interest that I want to be part of. And if I want to be part of it, I got to take a chance. I got to make sure it happens now. <coughs> because in the end, the Nassim didn't have any share in the, in the, in the Mishkan except for the Chati Shekel for the Adonim. They had in the Big Day Kahuna, they had, but they didn't have in the Mishkan itself. They didn't have any part at all. And that itself, they lost out on that. And therefore, you have to come first up front. The second thing that would have been accomplished by doing, by doing that, you really wouldn't need any executive directors. Um, the... Um, now, the normal, the reason you need an executive director, he has to make sure the institution runs from day to day. Certain days we don't have money, he has to figure out how to get the money. He has to go to banks, he has to borrow money, he has to do this and this, he has to go raise funds, whatever it is. He has to, that's why you need an executive director. What happens if people would come to give their, their chalik and they, and, and, and homash moyes, that they from the going is the the whole the whole collection for the Michigan was two days. On the second day already, they said we have more than we need. And the thing there, and then the reason that they were able to accomplish that is you know uh, you know uh, I, I, this is only what I heard. Okay, why did the Japanese able to knock the Americans out of the car market for years and years and years? because they didn't have the problem that America has. In other words, America, General Motors is made up of 30 companies or whatever companies. They are. One makes batteries, one makes brakes, one makes this, one makes that. Now, the one who puts together the automobiles, he only can put together, let's say, a thousand a, a, a day, right? But the guy who makes brakes can make 10,000 a day. What does he do with the other 9,000 that he did? He puts it in storage. So you need a storage house, you need a warehouse, you need guards, you need whatever it is this. So your costs go up tremendously. What happens if I produce only as many brakes as I'm putting in cars? So then I don't need any warehouses. I don't need any guards. I don't need anybody. Or just bring what I need when I need it. And that's how they built the mission. So if you build it that way, you don't need anybody to figure out where to put anything, whatever it is there. Because I brought, I brought what you need and then and that's all. That's all that's necessary. I'm sorry. Okay. He says, and I want you to take my tume. And then he tells, this is what I want you to take from them. Well, Shiva is why you know, why need tell him? You know, you're making a normal appeal 
you want to first say what you want to what you want to bring what what you want to build then you say you know we want to build a big yeshiva build a shul build something and therefore we need x amount of donations so people will definitely come faster than to say look i want donations and then i'll decide to tell you what i want to build with so the yeshiva said the, the banishing was trying to show that pshat is that the, the the whole all of it is mine i'm the one and what i'm asking you is to give me but what I need, for I know, without any reason, you don't have to know why I want it. I'm happy to telling you, after, after you agree to do it already, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with the money. I'm not, I don't need your money. I don't want this. I want to build a Michigan. I want you to be part, parts of it. And so on. Therefore, I'm, I told you about the Michigan. Uh, but Lamai said, I don't need you in, in this stuff. Like that was his point of it. And he describes all the things that he needs here. Okay. Um, so now it goes into the mice of the oven. Now these are talking about the tzivuyim. This is not talking about what they actually did because Betalo made them do the Mishkan first. Uh, but right, right, right now, we're talking about the Caleb. This is the way Moshe told him and then told him that the Telkor, that's how he knows who is his name because uh, he, he, he understood that you have to have a building uh, before you can put in the cable. Now, the truth is that really wasn't true either. We know the Mishkan was finished at Chof Eitish Kislev, right? Uh, and when did they put up the Mishkan? Nisan. how many months later? So just laying around. So why was, why it was important to build the, uh, the building first and then the cable? I didn't put the cable in anyway until uh, until when we build up Mishka, which is a few months later. Yeah. So again, that's understandable, but the, 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 but there's still something called derech ha'elam, and the bench will not tell you to do something that's not k'derech ha'elam. And the derech ha'elam is supposed to build the house, and then you put in the uh, the cable. Now he built an oven. And to understand the Nisim that we're talking about over here is fantastic. Um, the, the, everybody talks about how he made the, 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 uh, the plating, made three kalim, he made an inside plate, an outside plate. Very nice, all the things. But that's just, that's Chochmah. One of Nisim, the uh, the tabois, that's the rings that held the bagim, which is going to carry the oven, was made out of pure gold state. The teachers on the as they say over the tactics, about the zov and the This is Zohav over here. Zohav, 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 Zohavid. Talked about Yahweh, but that boy Zohav. Okay, and then I assume here it means pure also, even though it doesn't say the word pure. If you take a look on the jewelry that your, your wives have, it's usually going to be 14 carat, 18 carat, and for a while when gold was very expensive, and now the 10 carat. Abramaisa, it's not 24 carat. Gold is 24 carat. Gold at 24 carat, it is the most malleable metal in the world. 
That means I can squeeze it and squeeze it and squeeze it with my hands. And you can make a mile long wire from an ounce of gold. Okay? You make it that thin without it breaking. So it's something that's, you know, phenomenal, but it has no strength. How is it going to hold a bottom? How much is the bottom? How much is the arm weight? Maybe the arm didn't weigh too much, right? But the chariot, whatever it is, it should, it should have still stretched the gold uh, from, from what he pulled. But let's really see what, what, how, how, how much it weighed. We had a Talmud that was sure Olivia, leader that he uh, liked doing these type of chishbenes. And what was the, what did the, uh, the uh, luchos in, in, in the organ? So he went to look up, what is the luchos way? How do you figure that out on the luchos way? So you have to take the square of two luchos, uh, the cube of two luchos, rather. Of a tef, of an amma, amma, amma. He used, used, I think, the Rashiva's amma is 21 and a quarter inches. And um, <coughs> then he went and he looked up the weight of sapphire, because that's what the Luchas were made out of sapphire, divided into the thing. And he came out, I think, was about five, approximately 5,000 pounds. Okay. Okay, 5,000 pounds, a lot of weight, but okay. Then he went to ready to figure out how much they're really carrying. They had a kapiris also, right? So he went in a kapiris. You have a two and a half pounds, but whatever it is there, and it's a tefach thick. How much does gold weigh that much? Using again the amos, and again it came out to approximately five thousand pounds. And this is without the kruvim. Okay, the kruvim. I don't know how much they weighed. Okay, there's no real size to them. It's no what he called. Maybe they were thin, maybe they're not. That I have no idea. Right, so you have about 10,000 pounds that four people have to pick up. And they're picking him up by badim that are in the taboys of pure gold. You're going to get this off the ground? Are you going to get it off the ground? And it's called also nice and nice. Uh, they, they took a ride. Whenever they carried the Oren, the Kohanim flew. So the Kohanim flew, why they call them? The, the, the Oren carried its carriers. They were not carriers, they took a ride. Right? Why you call them that? So I think maybe they'd have to at least put some effort into lifting it up, and then it starts to lift up by itself, and then takes it for a ride. That could be the way it's called Nasus Nasa. But the mice, the, the tremendous nisim there that took place here, that they, 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 they were allowed them that was able to carry the yon. And the yon carried them and the flying. And you have all these people hanging on and it still didn't touch these tabayas that they didn't <coughs> get a stretch. And then these were tremendous nisim. Okay. Now the Kapiris had, we you know, the uh, the proving with the actual <coughs> talking between Moshe and, and, and God took place. And uh, they were able to start other play, probably more by Yikra, by Midbar, to, to uh, when did they actually talk together? Since the, when the Oyo was camped, 
the with the Adana uh, was there, and no one can go in. Now, what happened on Yom Kippurim? I need to go with the Kedush Kedushim. I assume he was able to go in at that time. And he's up. What about Moshe? Doesn't say. So it could be all, all this Nehuah took place only at the times when they camped. When the uh, when the uh, the Aaron was not in the Mishkan, Mishkan wasn't set up yet. He was able to talk to Rebbeinu. I don't know. It's, I can't answer that. But obviously, uh, they were in one place for thirty-seven years. So it's, uh, you know, we didn't talk to him about that time. In fact, they didn't talk to him uh, except like regular Novi. But he didn't. But he was not special Novi anymore. So in Ochinami, maybe. Uh, and the uh, the interesting the Kuvin were interesting when it came to the Kuvin and stuff like that they separate but normally when the Benishon Ava with Kali soil, they're like a coupling a couple and you call it pornography, I mean, or something like that. But obviously, you understand the Avas Hashem, I can obviously, it's a very pornographic statement, but we say it in, the, in our Tvilas all the time, right? So obviously, the, the, these, the, these things have to be understood. In a hecha, the the love is is such an entwined love that it's uh, that, that it's 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 physical in reality too. Okay, then he told him to make a shulchan. Okay, and the shulchan in the end took with a very uh, funny statement. And the sata la shulchan lechem ponim and it doesn't say uh, is this a part of the of the avoda? Just telling him it's What do you do with a mizbeach? Right? You make kabbonis on it, right? So I thought I'd tell you that, but Tyson doesn't say that. We have by the mizbeach is the list uh, here. See, Kanan says, Beach, and said, The Chesed, he sees a badim, who was a badim, doesn't say a word about bringing Kobanis on it. Because the, the Lucha, the, 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 what do you call it? The, 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 the Mizbeach has Kedusha without anything else. So the same thing applies to, to the Shulchan. So why is it necessary to mention that you're going to have Lechem upon him there? And I would ask you a question, which money actually was used? For Kobanis, we know were not used, the money that made it from Mishka. That was not the, the thing. But the, the, for the oil, yes. Uh, for the Geminam oil, but not for Kobanis. For the cows, you had to have special donations that they gave, uh, each one gave what he wanted to give, right? Uh, but there was no, there's no chiv at all, uh, what he wrote. It's one thing and nothing to do with the other. Yet, in Masha's Vayakhel, it seems to say that actually was made from the money they collected for the Mishkan. And say, like, where does it say that? It says again over there, I want you to take all these things for them. 
And what do I want you to make with it? So obviously lechem aponim were made from the money they collected from the mishkan. Okay. Um. <coughs> Why would the mansion do that? Same way they can buy cows, they've had enough. Maybe they took out enough flour from the time. Or where did they get flour anyway? So obviously they had to stop by different settlements and, and pick up flour for Kobanis, for Minchas, any whatever you're going to make. So the same thing applies to Blachmaponim. So what was the purpose of telling them that no, that you have to take the money that you gave originally? And this is what my think is. By the Meneire, we have to give the full Shemin uh, Hamoyer, whatever it is there. Why? Because if the uh, the the shem if it the menorah symbolizes the learning of Torah. If Yidden don't learn Torah, there's no Torah. You want to learn Torah, they'll learn Torah. Very good. Depending straight on us. By Mishkan, Yeshiva, Stokik Besides the fact that it's a good thing to do. We also have to have the ability to do it. Where's the money? So that's what the Benishim is guaranteeing over here. He says, when something's up to you, you do it or you don't do it. Nothing I can do about it. But you're telling me that you need the Shulchan to be able to build the Ruchanis of the world. Right? That means you. it's my job to make it possible. I guarantee you that whatever it is that you're going to need, you will have. But you have to collect it as if it's dependent on you. You can't just say, uh, you know, okay, God's taking care of it. It's, let, it. let him take care of it. I don't have to pay it anything at all. No. You have to make as if it's dependent on you. And it's my job to make sure that whatever is collected is sufficient for whatever it has to be done. And that's the good intervention and in, in the So that's what he does by making it from the money collected for the mission. He made it for the Kobanis, says you had it, you had it. You don't have it, you don't have it. But if it's for the Mishkan, the Mishkan has to be there. And that's what they do. Now, coming to Meneire, Meneire has designs on it. Uh, different types of designs, see different machlekes and machinim and all this thing. And then the more. I don't know what they do with the uh, with the menorah that's actually made on on the Colosseum. I mean, lots of tipless not not the Colosseum, the entrance to the Colosseum. 
as in bringing the Menorah uh, thing there this world war. How come they, they, they after seeing that they don't all agree? I mean, I agree. I don't have the answers for these questions. I'm just saying. But anyway, but the Menorah represented a tremendous thing. And you have cups and you have flowers and you have buttons and you have to have uh, these special results. Yet the Gemara says that if the Menorah is made of any other material except gold, it does not require any of these embellishments. Only by gold does it require embellishments. And this is what the Rashiva said about that. Yes, and I'll give you this in a moment on this. And start off with that. Moses, what was the original Menorah after Hashmanoyim captured Besamigdash or recaptured Besamigdash? Uh, what material was the, when the first Menorah made out of? And it seems it's my is whether it was wood or stone. In the Sashra, the Jews got richer. They made it out of metal. They got richer, they made it out of silver. They got richer, they made it out of gold. Well, you know, uh, okay, that's what it says. So they were a poor nation, right? So I said, no. What it means is that they, and I have a right to this, because the Hashmanoim defeated over 100,000 Greeks, the 14 Hashmanoim. And therefore, they took all their weapons, all the things that they had, they couldn't melt together one menorah out of it. And be up to at least step two. They had to go to wood and, 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 and stone. They didn't have any menorah. They said, no, shot is like this. How about it they had? It doesn't mean the Sashu they became richer in money. They became richer in understanding the value of Teh. And I give you the muscle this way. Wood and stone, when you make a Kaylee out of it, what kind of Kaylee do you make out of it? A table, a bench, right? Something that's not a it's it's not a precision instrument. You can't get it that thin. If any of you ever remember the old, uh, what used to be the, 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 the wooden forks before they invented plastic, but now with the plastic fork, how many times you put your, your fork into the, the, to the herring or to something like that and it falls right off the herring. The herring falls right off the fork. We are giving food to eat with it on Shabbos. Like, you know, you want, you want to be you know, with a disposable generation. So we buy the, the fanciest and this and that, and it still just falls off. No, they haven't yet invented a good one yet. Why? Because it's not pointy enough. Not what equal. It, it, it comes in as a blunt instrument, and therefore uh, can't pick up anything too much. So that's what Taylor was once compared to. Guy brought a shiver through. I mean, we're religious people, but we're not too interested in Taylor. So the love one wanted to start to explain something to him, he would say, Rabbi, please just tell me yes or no, go to bed. Now, it's Taylor is an instrument, but it's uh, just a blunt instrument. I don't need the refinements of it. Just tell me yes or no. Okay. This Ashru, Taylor became more valuable to them. They wanted to make it out of metal. 
Why? Because metal can now be precision, it can be very sharp, it can be very, very attuned to very, very important uh, things like that, that they can lift things, become a fine utensil. So it's like we got Richard, Rabbi. Uh, you want to tell me the reason? I would love to, I'd love to listen to it. But I'm telling you now, my son's not coming to Rabbi. It's not a job for a good Jewish boy. But, but for uh, understanding the Torah, okay, yeah, I hear this chokhmah there, I hear it's a nice good things in there, fine. Then came silver, and they did sashu. They found that they, that people are willing to pay for it. Now it's having shivis, have rabonim. Now it became a salary, it became money. So money, not necessarily very good money, but money, it's a job. Okay, he became richer, he understood it. So people really were involved as, as, as a profession. And then they became even richer than that when the people understood that they want Tehre because it's Tehre, the Dafyemi, the, the tremendous, uh, uh, what do you call it, the spread of Dafyemi, that a that person. Uh, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm not a Talmud Chacham, I don't, I'm, I'm not learning this Torah to be a rabbi, I'm not, I think they just want to know what state it is. I want to know Torah. Okay, that is gold. And that, what Shiva said, that meets a requirement. The first three, uh, you don't need a, a discipline so much. Why? Because people are still struggling with wanting to have it. Comes the struggle with wanting to have it, it's uh, you're not going to make that many mistakes with it. But once everybody wants it and it's open to everybody, all of a sudden now we have to have a discipline how you learn to, how you understand to. It's not enough to just, I'll open up a book and learn it myself. That doesn't work that way. It has to have a, you have to have a rebbe, you have to have a, that to put you in the dark of how to learn, what to learn for, what to look for, and how to look for it, and stuff like that. And therefore, it needs a discipline. Then the mainstream told him to make the Mishka. Now, the Mishkan, it's very interesting. The, the building itself is called the Mishkan, and the ceiling is called the Mishkan. And we do three levels of, in, in the ceiling, or the roof, it was the ceiling part, which was the lowest part, which is the Mishkan. On top of that was the Oyel, and that one on top of that is the Mirse. And if you take a look at the, the sizes of the stuff, uh, the Mishkun Kamat was not missing, and the, uh, I mean, the whole building Kamat was not seen, and the ceiling part for sure was not seen. Was that seen by anybody except maybe the Kohen Godla and Yom Kippurim? Something like that. Maybe when you were in the can going for the regular way, they could see part of it. But it's not seen. And again, we learn in the Pashas Bikude, once upon it, it brings a eye from the Pasuk, 
that it's the only supernatural to put it, that the first thing that went up was the Mishka, the Asirius. And he brings a light to that in the way the way the word Pasig is said. And again, it doesn't make too much sense. So he says it's either Ness, or they had very tall ladders, and the, and everybody stretched, you know, the thing until they were able to put the beams underneath it. But you you don't build a building that way. You put down Adonim first, then you put down the Koshim, and then you put down the Mishkan on top of it, and the oil, and so on. So why do you do it that way? I think that's one of the biggest yisaitis of education, what the Torah demands of us. The Torah demands that we have a goal. Now, the, uh, we start, we donated, we'll talk about that equally in the Masa Shekel, even though it's not here, it's in, uh, it's in the Mintisisa. But the idea is the Adonim were made to Masa Shekels. Right? Everybody had the same, the same amount, no more and more or less. I couldn't give a, a shekel, I couldn't give two shekels, with the matzah shekel, that's it. And the reason for it is, is every child has to have the same foundation to be able to grow up. And that's our job to supply that. Okay. Now, a lot of people start that way especially schools out of town. And I'm not picking out of town because I'm, I'm a New Yorker, but I'm picking out of town simply because you're dealing with a, a, a very uh, diverse uh, uh, group of people. You want to build a day school. How do you build it? You're going to build it as far as we think we can go. We'll push this thing, we'll push this program, we'll push this program. And at the end of the day, when a person comes out to uh, the eighth grade and wants to go to Yeshiva in New York, then all he's learning is Mishnais. Or he started Gemara. Okay? In New York, they're ready to learn all tastes in most cases. Right? How's that possible? The kids in out of town are not any dumber than the kids in New York, right? So why is it so? Because they go how far we can go. We can't push him more than this. We can't keep him more than this time. We can't give him so much homework. We can't do this. We can't do that. And mainly you're diminishing. What do you do in New York? You're supposed to, or what they're supposed to do in, in any education from the Michigan? We're getting over there. Our goal is the Mishkan. The Mishkan is, is learning how to learn all, all tastes, and uh, let's say by, by the eighth grade, by the ninth grade. Now I got to set up a curriculum that's going to be able to teach me that, that I'll be able to reach that Madrege. And that's what they did. In other words, we have a goal. Nothing is standing. We're not going as far as we can go. We're going as far as we could go. And that's our goal. That's what get Now, how do we set it up? What do we have to teach? How do we teach it? That's a curriculum already that we have to set up. But as far as we were going to go, that we know. That's a very important thing. So if we don't have that goal, we don't have that, uh, you know, no matter what, we don't have the goal you want to reach.
And in reality, in everything, it's like that. A person is supposed to always aim beyond the goal. In other words, in his, uh, to reach, how does a person know when he reaches potential? How does he know? Right? Because your potential has to be way beyond your potential so that you never can reach it. In other words, because I've always have to work that much harder to be able to, to accomplish. But if I say, oh, my potential is this much, then you're not going to you'll stop 15 miles before that because, uh, you know, who is his potential anyway? You know, what's the point? And that you're not going to you can make a daily Israel. You're not going to make anything from that. So that's the point of uh, why they made it this way. Um, the Mirce got it, you know, happened to see me the way the pictures are, are beautiful, uh, beautiful wolves, all colored things. Okay, then you made the question. Now the question are made, everybody has this potential. That's the question. You have the goal, you have the foundation, the Adonim, right? That's the foundation. And now in between the Adonim and the and and the and the Mishkan, you have the uh, you have the Adonim. And that is uh, like we said, the uh, the Adonim have to be only for Mafsa Shekel, so they are equal, and then you know, everybody's equal. We have to make sure that. But the uh, what do you call it is a uh, the Adonim. Everybody can give whatever he wants to give, whatever he has to give. So therefore, it goes according to potential. Whenever. Kishrainis God gave a person, a smarter guy, not smart, some smarter guy. So he has to uh, listen. Now there happens to be uh, when we say the Ahadun on the Sahte, so we say, Ono Amel Mahim Amel. We work and they work. They work and they don't get any uh, for the work. And we work and we get with this. Uh, what does that mean to tell us? Now it's, when you're dealing with a, with a Gashmias thing, you pay for results. You don't pay for effort. And therefore, they are mailed, they can work hard, but they don't get paid for the amelis. They don't get work for the hard work that they put in. By Teira, it's not that way. It's the hard work that you put in that entitles you to Tzitzcha. So according to that, it doesn't make a difference on the success of my learning except for the fact that I have, if I work, I'll get Tzitzcha. If I don't work, I don't get Tzitzcha. Okay, it's, it makes sense. Happens to be there's a Rabbeinu Yena in in, in Ovis that says you know, about the uh, the four midos that you have that someone doesn't have. But that the guy who has more kishra is going to get more schar. 
that's you know against the whole speech we just said like you know how, how does it mean that so what i think and i've been biased to it is that it means that i'm a, i i'm able to to develop a system that my work will be more productive than just effort alone then i get more scar because that can be done and that's what it means. Basically, we get paid for us uh, for our effort, not for anything else, not for the sake. Then you have uh, when the on on all the. Um, the adonim that we be dealing with is silver. Everything that, that that goes into the Mishkan, the Mishkan itself, part of the Mishkan is silver. The adonim that hold the outside parochis, which going into the Mishkan, the adonim are a copper. The mizbeach in the in the chotzer is copper. Why is the difference between the two? I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking that when you're, the, the idea is the, no matter how holy the chotzer the, the, the is, it doesn't come to the Mishkan. So therefore, to adorn it, you adorn it on a lesser level than, 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 than the Mishkan. But when you're putting up the Pareches, which is the entrance way to the Mishkan, so there we can think two ways. You know, I'm, I'm coming in, so I should get the silver. But you're not in yet. You didn't make it yet. You just made the commitment. Commitment, not silver. The commitment is copper. You made it in, you walked in. Now you can come into silver. So therefore, it's what to teach you that there's an outside concept of, of, of you're still on the outside. And as long as you're still on the outside, it's copper. Everything in the Mishkan itself was simple. Uh, I mean, Chochmetik destruction, but it was simple. There was no, no nails, no nothing. You had Brichim. Uh, you had the, you know, each one fit next to each other. You had Donim supported to make it flat. Don't forget one in the desert. How do you always find flat ground? So you don't. So you had the Adonim held it straight. And then you had on that the question, then you had a Brichim. Uh, five rods that went across the whole part and held the thing in place. And, I said, and then you had a briach which itself is a nest goggle, which I guess if anybody would have seen it, you should have been wondering, you know, what the nisim had taken place. It's a shitim. And it went through the whole Mishka. I mean, it has to turn. Wood doesn't turn. Wood is, 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 a, is a straight object. 
So it, it's not soft to turn. But the Adonim, but the Ibriya Hatikham was able to turn. And that's the big mess, I think, that, that which we nickel, the Yad Hashem, every time they set it up, is the Ibriya Hatikham. How big the Mizbeach was. From the actual Pusik, Smashbad was uh, five Amis by five Amis squared, and it was three Amis high. Three Amis is pretty tall. And three Amis is about usually what a man is. About six, six feet. Um, and you want to carry it, right? So you have to put on it, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, and where do they carry it? So it's really you put the body in the middle of the Mizbeach and you can carry it then, you know, uh, so it will be, you're holding it up like this. And it reaches down to uh, you picked up from the middle, so it's uh, so it covers down to your to your waist or something. Come on, yeah. There's a man the Yoma that says that it was either thirteen or ten amos. And he works what the psukim mean, but uh, it came out to thirteen amos. Now, the person is three amos. I mean, we're talking about four or five people. Uh, height. How can you put him back in over there? Right? So you got to say they put the bottom all the way on the bottom. Right? And when they held it up, the, the Mizbeach was way over their heads. And so, uh, now you say how they carry such a heavy thing. Again, well, we saw Nisim before, so this, but this is not this case of Nisus Nisov. Uh, so why would you think that Nisim? But maybe it wasn't that Nisim at all. It simply it was hollow. Because what they used to do is they used to have this with a box that folded. And when you came to a market, you put it down, you filled it up with earth, the Mizbeach, and then, and then, and then you had the Mizbeach. But basically to carry it, it's not that heavy maybe. Okay, it could be. But it's very awkward. Like the thing about Pekin, they probably had to carry it in such a way as possible. What the tachlis of it was, I don't know, except that I guess they wanted the height. And the height maybe was necessary first of everybody sees the Kabbalah's being mocked in the morning and stuff like that in the evening. So, given the Yachl said that the Tabois were by the Mechbach. Yeah. So the mechbar is in the middle. Yeah. So and then you had. So how how could it be? So, no, so the mechbar is in the middle. So you have three. If it's three amos, 
But if it's ten, no, it's a shadow's way, so it's ten plus three. The mikhba is still in the three. It is there's ten amas besides the mikhba. And so I was where do you put that? I mean, that doesn't see you're carrying it from the from the mikhba. And it's going up over your head, ten amas. Then you made the chutzah. And then the chutzah is for all the people who had to bring the kobanis and stuff like that because that's around. And the Ninyan of being the machne levia. It is a machne kahuna, machne levia, machne Israel. And the different kedushas, different tumis can go into certain places and so on. And therefore, we had to have these three things. And this was the chutzah. And the chutzah again, was uh, again we go with five amas. If you go on Chazamishish, it's ten feet. You go to Shirish, it's uh, about eight feet, something like that. And then they make the actual Cheshbon five times, uh, five times twenty-one and a quarter inches, and whatever it is there. Now this silver that they had for it. That came from the Matzah Shekel also. Okay. They had that extra grouping. You needed uh, a certain amount for every other, of every other. So there was 3,000 for every other. So, uh, so there was a bunch. After 600,000, it was 603,000. What do you call it? They got built it. So therefore, those extra 3,000 made, the, made the, the, the silver that they put on this thing. Yeah. Oh, I missed something. Just want to see if he mentions his name. Right, the uh, table, uh, I didn't look through it quick enough, um, but they had uh, that Hiram was a partner, like in the beginning of the base of Middash. First of all, we had the Avazim, the, 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 we had the cedars of Lebanon, as they call it. So these big, big, Trees that are able to make these boards and stuff for it. Um, and they had the stones and they had the other guys, and the workers were the Eden, and the, what do you call it? And they and they had from there whatever they had to take it out from there, but the actual finishing job Jews, right? And they went and built the Michigan from it. 
And we know in the end there's a medosh that what happens to Shechem? And then first of all, somewhere in there's a medosh that he, he is Shechem Lomi, that's the friend of Yehuda. And, you know, and therefore, he's always attached to the Jews somehow. But he lives to the end of the first, to the end of his kill by Nebuchadnezzar. And that's how he's living from Yehuda's times until Nebuchadnezzar's times. He's about 800 years old. And he's a, not a young man. Right? And the main Shalalim, and, and what does he do? Because he lived so long, he starts to think that he's God. And he makes himself a, a palace over the water made out of glass. So people will think he's sitting on top of the water and stuff like that. And uh, this is, he became a, 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 a bad guy. And uh, and then kills him. Now, how does he become such a bad guy? I mean, he's had all this thing of, of this relationship uh, with Shlomo Melech and to build the bias and everything else, how does he come out to turn out that way? And if you want to say just a treaty, I want to buy from you X amount of stones and X amount of houses of uh, wood and all that stuff, okay, fine. So uh, it's a straight business deal with nothing to do when the Ruchni's involved, right? But here it seems that he knew what he was doing and stuff like that. So the answer is, that there is a Chira that was a guy from, I think it was uh, Zvulun, I think it was from. Not, 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 don't don't uh, correct, uh, take my word for that one. That was, but from one of those Shvatim like, like that, that he came from there and he was the guy, and he was the son of an Amona, and he was the guy that, that took care of building all the, the stuff in the Mishkan and everything else. And he was called uh, Nebe Samikdash. And he was, his name was Chira. So therefore, that was the guy that we're talking about that built all these type of things. And the rest of the stuff was just like a treaty. Nothing to do with the Yeruchniistic stuff that existed in, in the Mishkan. So the fact that he turned out to be uh, in Zokta, and maybe I made Zor in the end, or he made himself into an Avedizor, which may be even worse. Uh, it's not a cash it over on the type of the person. Okay, that's it. That's Hashem, this is normally we be getting close to the Purim. But uh, again, we have a little bit of a break this year and because of Tzinebeya. Uh, so let's use it well because uh, we should prepare ourselves for the Asidus. We don't know what it is. So we should prepare and install. And gave us a month. Anyway, have a good Shabbos. And that's what